today's episode, we meet actress Janet Anderson, who plays Essie in this multidisciplinary new work that blends together theater, live cinema, and XR technologies in an exploration of identity, anxiety, and what it means to be real. Welcome to the Queer Conversation podcast brought to you by Lotol Media, a show where we discuss all things queer. I am your host, Silke Bader, a publisher and producer in the LGBTQI space in Australia for the past 30 years. Collapsible is a funny and furious new work about navigating a world that cares so much about you keeping it together. It doesn't notice you falling apart. This coming-of-age comedy drama explores identity, anxiety and what it means to be real. Janet, welcome to Pure Conversation. It's a pleasure to have you here today. You are the actress for a show that's opening on the 11th of March called Collapsible. Yes. And it's a really interesting concept and different type of show where a lot of um, technology is involved with it. So, first of all, what is your character all about? Well, in the show, I play a character called Essie, who um, I think is a reflection of a lot of different people. Um, certainly, she likes to think so. Um, but she is a woman who's lost her job, lost her partner, and is kind of in a bit of a downward spiral, really, in like one of those periods in your life where you're just not really sure what's next. Um, and so she performs this monologue kind of as with the audience as her internal kind of compass, really just talking about how her whole life is kind of going past her and she's no longer sure kind of where she fits into all of it in you know, the capitalist cog of the machine and everything like that. And so, um, yeah, Essie's really just talking about all the interactions she's having with people who know her really well and who love her. Um, and she's trying to ascertain how they would describe her and how they see her because at this point she's unsure of how she sees herself um and so the show has a lot of different elements a lot it talks a lot about mental health um especially kind of in the modern age with technology and the internet and you know late stage capitalism as it is um and yeah she um throughout the show kind of goes on a journey of trying to find herself again after losing her job and her partner and and figure out kind of like why she is doing any of the things she's doing because I think at this point it's not clear to her um, and yeah she finds I think that she's in a bit of a, a routine and repetition. Um, the show also uses a lot of emerging technologies um, which we were lucky enough to get a grant from NIDA X to kind of experiment with a lot of new things that we wouldn't otherwise be able to experiment with. Um, and so it kind of marries the text in a way where it's talking about, you know, like new, the technologies and how that is kind of terrifying in some ways and, and how Essie is kind of chronically online. Um, and those two worlds between what's real and what's not real, what's online, and what's offline get blurred a lot during the show. Um, 
Yeah. So the technology is very important for display. It would be a very different play if there wouldn't be the technology. Yeah, I think it would be a very different play without the technology. I, the original production that I saw at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in 2019 was completely stripped back to just an actress on stage with no, with only sound and lighting. There was no movement or props or anything. So it was just the text, and it was really incredible to see. Um, but I think our production. Her really like intelligently kind of marries what Margaret Perry is talking about in the play with what we're able to do in the old fits and what we're capable of now with the incredible artists that are attached as well. Um, and I think it's the work is so much richer from involving all of these different things like live cinema, motion capture, animation, um, that. Yeah, it really you get a deeper understanding of kind of what Essie's talking about and how she's perceiving the world through her eyes, um, because we're able to see her eyes in so many different ways through the cameras and through the screens and everything. That yeah, it, it's rather than it being a one woman show, it's a one woman show with all of these elements that bring everyone else in her life to life. Mm. What attracted you to that role? Well, after I saw the production in Edinburgh, I immediately <laughs> bought the play because I just thought it was incredible. The text was so rich and so well written and and real. It was before anything I had like before I'd seen anything else like that. That now we see more and more. But um, but yeah, I just think that the way Margaret is able to describe the feelings of disassociation and different having different kind of mental health episodes, I think is kind of unparalleled. Like there's certain points in the text where Essie kind of has these soliloquies, these long monologues seemingly to no one. She's, she's in a scene in a conversation, but then she kind of drifts off and it's just beautifully poetic in the way that she's describing how she's feeling. That really attracted me, but it's also incredibly funny She's very witty. She's got a very dry sense of humor, and it's it's really nice to see her kind of move through the world. And we, as the audience, are able to kind of connect with her, thinking that everything's kind of a little bit stupid and pointless at points. Um, and yeah, I just really fell in love with the character because she has so many different ideas and so many different emotions that it's a real gift for an actor to be able to try. <laughs> the use of the technology, did that scare you or did you embrace that? Well, I think at first the use of the technology was a bit daunting because um, originally I reached out to our director, Zoe, with the text just for her to kind of read um, back in 2020. And Zoe also had a similar connection to it immediately that I did, which we both just thought it was incredible and um just a beautiful text really and it wasn't until I think we got Morgan Maroney who's also a co-director and just one of the designers on the show um, until we got Morgan attached that I think that's when the technology aspects started to emerge because Morgan has a larger background in that kind of side of things whereas me and Zoe are more kind of classic theatre makers um, and so we're really really lucky with our team to be able to have so many fantastic minds in the room while also having like artists and creators that can that can keep the ball rolling both like on stage and on screen 
Um, so it was daunting. There's been times when it's just me and Zoe in a room and we're really not sure how to turn on the cameras. Um, um, but, but yeah, we've been really lucky to get so many incredible artists attached to the show that now it's, I'm just very excited to see what we can pull off because, um, we were lucky enough to do a week's development at NIDA through the NIDA X program. Um, and in that week we were able to achieve so much in terms of the use of, um, this program called Unreal Engine, which basically is boundless, and you can create these whole immersive worlds on the screen that you can just keep going and adding and creating and making more and more rich. That, um, yeah, I'm just so excited to see what we can pull off in a couple of weeks. Did you go to NIDA? And so when you when you um, were studying at NIDA, mm -hmm. do you learn about this interactive technology? It's I graduated. Um, last year in November, I guess I graduate this year. Um, but in the last few years, they've tried to engage more technology aspects and we work slightly more with the designers, but it's really kind of learning on the job, particularly for this show. Um, but I think the secret is just asking and, and working with artists who have a better understanding than you might, because um, I certainly couldn't do this by myself or certainly wouldn't be able to create the work I'm able to create, we're able to create, I should say, with, um, without the expertise that we have. But that being said, um, Morgan and Daniel, who's our other kind of tech head on the show and sound designer, Daniel Hearn, um, they are both also learning on the job in terms of what they're capable of and what the program is capable of. Um, so it's a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of thinking we can do something, getting about an hour towards it, and then realizing that it won't be possible in today's rehearsal because it needs about 10 hours of programming. But um, I think NIDA is moving more towards that that kind of landscape now and kind of adapting to, yeah, because it's a growing industry we see now with STC and the old fits and more and more theatres kind of engaging with shows that use live cinema and different technology elements. Mm. Um, I think it'd be silly not to, really. It is a solo performance. Mm -hmm. Apart from that being very challenging, it, have you done solo performance before? I have I have done solo performance before. I was lucky enough last year to perform um, in a show called Overflow, written by Travis Alabanza. That was on at Darlinghurst Theatre Company. SD, does she need to be a lesbian? I think, interestingly, her ex-partner, Caroline, in the show, um, Margaret writes a lot about how the line between where Essie ends and Caroline begins because they're so close gets blurred and so I think the relationship like in a woman to woman relationship that that aspect of it is really important for the story because you start to understand that Essie found a lot of herself in her partner Caroline um, and kind of made most of her personality around this woman and so when that was no longer there and there. Um, we find out through the play kind of what happened to their relationship and how it broke down. And um, then you start to understand how Essie is spiraling so intensely um, because of kind of the just ferocious nature that these les uh, lesbian relationships can sometimes have. Um, but I think, I think it is an integral part of the story. It's certainly like also 
I think kind of alludes to Essie's deep kind of understanding of of wanting to know more about herself and kind of exploring her body and her sexuality and everything. And I think she just she thinks so much in the show. She she thinks every scene. She's she's just kind of like daydreaming or imagining or kind of noticing things off into the corner that she gets to like tell the audience but the other characters in the scene aren't necessarily seeing so I think that she's thinking about those other aspects of her life as well like her queerness um are reflected in the work do you prefer one over the other like um playing a queer character or it doesn't really matter for you I certainly pr prefer playing queer characters. I just think as an actor, I'm always able to give more and have a more authentic response, even reading, performing, writing, all of that. I I, I have and will play straight or uh, cisgendered characters as well. Um, but I think with being able to play queer characters it just adds so many more layers to the performance. You know, anytime you see a queer actor play a queer role, you immediately understand why it's so important because they're able to just connect in a different way that, that is not, not available to an artist who can't connect, can't like understand how that character feels in that way, I guess. Um, so yeah, it is definitely a privilege And I've been really lucky that um, all of the all the major roles I've had outside of NIDA have all been queer characters. And I think, I guess that speaks to what I look for in work and the kind of work that comes to me, but the kind of work that I, yeah, I go out for. Really, I want to kind of speak to my own experiences, but also like speak to my own community and try and um, relieve any kind of, And do you aim to go into TV at, at one stage or do you really love the stage? I I really do love the stage. I think I'll always love the stage. Um, I, I'm currently uh, in a TV series actually at the moment on Paramount Plus called Last King of the Cross, um, which is slowly coming out week by week. Um, so that was a really exciting experience. That was kind of my first major TV role. Um, but stage I think will always be where I really learn the most as an actor and I, I'm sure almost every actor will say the same um, just a connection that you have every night with the audience and with the live aspect um, yeah it's kind of unparalleled really uh, but there are elements to screen that I absolutely love I think with TV work as well um, I have a lot of passion for working behind the camera as well and creating in that way as I do in theatre working you know writing and creating and devising um I'd love to do more of that but but yeah I'm, I'm really open to opportunities in terms of just storytelling rather than what form that storytelling might take I'm, I'm not too picky This funny and furious new play has its Australian premiere at the Old Fitz Theatre from 11th of March. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media 
or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok or Facebook using the tag at LottleMedia or head over to our website lotl.com. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.